Support for WIPR's podcasts comes from Brightview Senior Living. Since 1999, Brightview has proudly served Greater Baltimore with vibrant, independent living, assisted living, memory care, and enhanced care. Find a community near you at brightviewseniorliving.com. Growing up Muslim in uh, America meant that Christmas is the most boring day of the year. You know, I, I probably wasn't your typical nine-year-old. I had a lot of questions for adults. I was like, these motherfuckers be lying a lot. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. I'm Laura Wexler. And I'm Jessica Hinken. And this week on the podcast, Christmas is Complicated. Two stories about how Christmas is not everyone's cup of mulled wine. Yeah, that's true. Well done. Although it is my... You love mulled oh, wine. I love... No, actually, mulled wine is a highway to a migraine. <laughs> That's but right. I love Christmas, which is also, in its own way, a highway to a migraine. But I'll <laughs> take that migraine every year. It's a highway happily. lit with beautiful, beautiful oh, lights. The best. So this first is uh, a story from Umar Khan, who is a local comedian and school psychologist. <laughs> wrap your... Go figure. <laughs> wrap your head around that one. <laughs> Dear listeners, uh, so this is Umar's tale that he shared a few years back at the senator at our holiday show. Take a listen. So uh, growing up Muslim in uh, America meant that Christmas is the most boring day of the year. <laughs> Everything is closed. I didn't have Jewish friends yet, so I didn't know about Chinese restaurants on Christmas. Everything's closed and nothing's on TV except for a Christmas story over and over. And so me and my brother, all we did was sit around on Christmas and watch a Christmas story like 20 times in a row. And then the next day, we had to hear about all the amazing presents our friends got, like Tamagotchis and Furbies. I guess looking back, they weren't that great, but... um, and we had our own holiday that used to fall around Christmas when I was young because it follows like the moon or something. It's called Ramadan. And uh, it was fun explaining Ramadan to all my friends when I was in elementary school. They're like, oh, what do you guys do? And I'm like, we just don't eat for 30 days straight. <laughs> and they're like, what do you get at the end? And we're like, perspective? <laughs> and they're like, what can you buy with perspective? And we're like, Not a Furby. (laughs) So one day, it's third grade. I'm in third grade. It's Christmas. Me and my brother are sitting on the floor, and we're watching a Christmas story, and we've had it. We are pissed. We are like, we are like, we look at each other. You know what, man? We need to get presents. So we we march upstairs, and we tell our parents, like, Mom, Dad, we demand presents next year for Ramadan. And they're like, they look at each other like, why are we raising our kids here? (laughs) But they call, we make a pretty big argument. They call our extended family. My parents come back to us and they said, everyone agrees. Me and my brother are the worst Muslim kids in America. (laughs) But they also agree that next year we will get presents for Ramadan. So flash forward next year, the night before Ramadan... Or the night before Eid, which is the end of Ramadan. Me and my parents and my brother are uh, running around four different department stores 
My parents are fighting. We had to break fast in the Little Caesars in Kmart. <laughs> and my brother stares at me and he's like, you had to want a Furby. And then we stay up all night wrapping presents. And uh, I don't know if you've had this dilemma, but uh, there's no Ramadan gift wrapping paper. (laughs) So my parents and I are ironically wrapping Eve presents in Christmas wrapping paper. (laughs) And then the next day at, uh, at Eve, at my aunt's house, we're opening presents and everyone's just in a bad mood. Like everyone's pissed. Like people don't like the presents they're getting. My mom was offended by what she got. She got one. Do you guys remember that, like, rotisserie oven? You set it and forget it. She got that, and she was like, what, does everyone think I'm their cook? And I was like, but you are my cook. Uh, And then, you know, like, but now as an adult, looking back on, uh, looking back on this, uh, I guess, my experience, like, uh, I feel really guilty because I, I turned this holiday that my family always made to be about family and sacrifice into a holiday about, like, indulgence and me, me, me. And uh, I was reminded of this most recently when I was home for Thanksgiving, this past Thanksgiving. And, uh, and my mom had a really hard month. Um, she traveled to Singapore to say goodbye to her brother. He was dying of cancer. And while she got there, two days after she got there... Her brother, who lives here five minutes away from her, passed away from a heart attack. So it was a really difficult month for her. And uh, usually we do like a huge Thanksgiving, and she she wasn't up for it. So my brother and I, we said, we'll do a Thanksgiving just, you know, for you you and dad. So we cooked all the food for our parents so they didn't have to worry about it. And uh, we were sitting around the dinner table, and my parents live in Caton, so I live 15 minutes away from them. I live in the city. And my dad's like, you guys should sleep over sometime. <laughs> yeah, and you guys are like white people. You're like, why would you do that? <laughs> and my dad's like, because it would be nice, you know? Parents want their kids home sometimes. I was like, not my friend's parents. <laughs> and uh, and I remember my, my dad told me this poem. He recited this poem, some, like, Pakistani poem. He was like... And it kind of made sense, but he was like, hey, Umar, you know, like, uh, you know how, like, uh, when, a, when a leaf falls off a tree, it dies. Just like when kids stop talking to their families, they die. <laughs> and I was like, you're very uplifting, Dad. <laughs> but I think I, guess what, I get what he was saying. And uh, so, uh, you know, this Christmas, we all agreed that we're all going to go to a Chinese restaurant together. And uh, no presents are going to be involved. (laughs) All right, thank you. My name is Umar. Bye. That's good. He did a really good job with this story. You know, I was proud of him. (laughs) She says with a mild amount of surprise and (laughs) disbelief. No, I'm a huge fan of Umar's. But yes, with the stand-ups, you never know, you right? Never know. You just don't know. They just, they don't, they, you know. We give very, we give a lot of grace for people who share their story. Um, but there are times when we want to give some feedback and yeah, the male no stand-ups, stand-ups, they don't usually like that. But Umar was open to it. He was. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with another complicated Christmas story. Support for WYPR's podcasts comes from Catholic Charities. Celebrating its centennial in 2023, 
Catholic Charities is the largest private provider of social services in Maryland. Learn more about this movement to change lives at cc-md.org. So this next individual is, I think he's one of the most well-known Baltimoreans out there currently in Baltimore. And his name is E.Z. Jackson. And he is very funny, but also pretty sardonic and comes from a complicated family um, and his the story rocks the story. take on Christmas yeah. is um, well earned uh, so take a listen my favorite time of the year is artscape I fucking hate Christmas I hate <laughs> I hate it I hate all of you who love it I hate your stupid, ugly sweater parties. I hate that fucking Mariah Carey song. Um, No, loathe. Loathe is probably a better word. Um, I I feel like about Christmas the way sober people feel in a room full of drunk people. Because what are y'all doing? What is this? This is like, watch out. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, just spill Christmas all over me every year. Um, <laughs> and uh, over the years, I've learned to cope with Christmas. I, you know, I get through it. You know, I, I smile, wave. <laughs> Happy holidays to you, too. Um, it's okay. I understand that you don't work from Black Friday until January 7th or whenever it is you come to fuck back to work, so... I won't expect email responses or, oh, you know, it's the holidays. Uh, <laughs> I just deal with it. Um, and one of the things that I think about today, like a lot of times, my my mother passed away in 2013, uh, and then my grandmother passed away a year and a week a week and, a year and a week later in 2014 uh one of my brothers passed away in uh December of 2015 uh and then we just lost another brother back in May so for me the holidays have been tough through the years because this is when i mean the best part about it is i do get to see my family you know we get to get together and that's sweet um but one of the things i always think about is uh my mother who loved christmas and um, from the age of six to nine, we were in foster care. My mother had nine children. Uh, my grandmother raised my three older brothers. And then me and my younger brothers and sisters, um, my mother raised us. And, and when I was six, we all got taken into foster care. And she got us back at nine years old. Um, and when she got us back at nine, I was very, like, I don't know, tainted. You know, I... I Probably wasn't your typical nine-year-old. I had a lot of questions for adults. I was like, these motherfuckers be lying a lot. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Um, and part of, the, part of the time I was in foster care, we were in a Jehovah Witness home. So any Jehovah Witnesses in the house? No, they would not be here. Uh, because they don't celebrate anything. They don't do birthdays, none of that shit. And um, and my foster, one of the foster homes I was in, they would uh, 
they would just we just wake up Christmas morning and it'd just be a bunch of unwrapped toys on the couch. And even still, like, you know, that's not Santa, bro. Like, you know, um, and we would, I just always was like this, like probably like by, by the time I was seven, I was like, there's no such thing as Santa. We live in the projects. I'm not in the profiling, but I'm going to assume most of the people in here have not lived in the projects. But there's no chimney. There's no, there's like one way in, one way out. And crackheads up all night. So you're going to tell me. This man is going to walk into this building <laughs> with enough toys for everybody. And the crackhead's not going to get him? No. So my mother gets custody of us at nine years old. We are having our first Christmas back together in 1989. And, you know, my little brothers and sisters, they are totally drunk on the whole Santa thing. They're into it. They are like, Santa's coming we're back home. Yay. We're back together. This is wonderful. And my mother's just, you know, feed, yes, Santa will be here. He's bringing you something very special in the morning. So I just, uh, you know, I waited until everything calmed down. I pulled up to my mother and I was like, yo, there's no Santa. And she was like, why do you say that? And I was like, how is he going to get in here? You got to have a key to come upstairs. You got to have a key to get in here. The windows are locked. How is he going to get in here? And so she just kind of like laughed with me a little bit and brushed it off. Uh, my, our extended family came over that Christmas because my mother had just gotten custody of us. And it was a celebration. And they bought all kinds of gifts and food. And it was great. The following year, she was on her own. And we had moved into a better apartment. Uh, and like round about early, I want to say like early November, late October, she started to take me to all of these appointments she had. I got to take care of some business. Come with me, come with me, come with me. And this lady went to several different churches, organizations, foundations. All, she found all kinds of shit and signed up for Christmas baskets. And then she, we had like this week where everybody showed up at a different time, but we had to act like they were the only people coming to bring us stuff. <laughs> I remember one time this group from Hopkins, it was these kids from Hopkins, they came and they brought us a bunch of stuff. And one of them, Adam, like Adam just like, he loved us, the boys. He was just in there with the boys. And my little brother, uh, my, my youngest brother, um, you know, he's like, Adam, they just, he just on Adam the whole time. They leave. Another group comes, and my little brother goes, you remind me of Adam. And I was like, shut the fuck. Can you shut up? You're making it hot, bro. So one of the things that my mother would do, too, is when these groups would show up, she would have us write a Santa list, right? we write out a Santa list. I, I, I just write it so that they would be like, you know, who was telling the story earlier? I was like the older kid elf, like... I'll write my list. This is all bullshit, but, you know, y'all write y'all's too. So when when the groups would show up, if there were things on that list, my mother would make sure they didn't bring it into the house. You know, put it in the trunk, hold that. I don't want her to see that. I don't want him to see that. Not yet. So we knew that people were bringing us these gifts, but they also, my, my younger brothers and sisters, also still hoped Santa was going to bring the shit that they asked for. And we had this first Christmas and it was great. My little brothers and sisters came out. They, it was stuff under the tree that they hadn't seen, stuff from their list. 
We had all of this stuff. And I was enjoying it. I was like, this is dope. Like, look at them. They're having a great time. Wonderful. And I'm ready to go outside and play football. And my mother grabs me. She says, uh, remember last year you told me um, you didn't believe in Santa Claus? And I was like, yeah. She was like, nigga, I am Santa Claus. <laughs> and so... So I was like, oh, okay. So we do this every year then? She's like, yes, we do this every year. So from from 10 uh, to probably about 16, 17, every year, my mother would, she would do different things where she would act like we wasn't going to have a Christmas. And then Christmas Eve, I'd have to get up and put all the lights and the tree and everything together. And it was this whole fun thing. I'd go to bed at like 5 in the morning. And then at 6.30, they're waking me up. They're like, easy, easy. Santa came. <laughs> and I just got to look at him like, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> Let's get up and do Christmas then. Um, and so for me, uh, I always think about that because when I see everybody celebrating this holiday that y'all love, I just feel like, you know, my report card always said plays well in groups, works well in groups. And, I, you know, I stick it out for y'all. I throw a Christmas party now every um, every year, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's great. I throw a Christmas party. We get wasted. We play music. We, you know, dance, play music. Um, and I really just enjoy uh, p- other people enjoying it. Um, my siblings, we have been getting together on the holidays despite our losses. Uh, and um, I'm wearing a shirt from my youngest sister's juice bar. It's called Nisi's Fabulous Juice Bar, named after my mother, Nisi. Uh, and, you know, our big thing right now is be good to yourself. So no matter what's going on, despite what we've all been through, I hope that y'all continue to be good to yourselves and have a happy holiday. Yeah, I love, I love this idea that he's, you know, he's playing Santa. He's going around with his mother. Yeah, like just like a different kind of childhood Christmas for sure. Yeah, you know. Yeah. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Stoop Podcast. We want to thank Umar and Easy for sharing their stories, and we want to thank Maureen Harvey for being our intrepid producer. Happy holidays to you all, whatever you celebrate, and we will see you all in the new year.